Hey, gentlemen, uh, long-time listener, first-time caller. <laughs> Pleasure to be here with uh, some of the best uh, the best in the business. I think that's safe to say. Yeah, it's so very funny. safe to say. So good. What are you drinking over there? Uh, I got a Revolution Brewery uh, IPA, a hazy IPA at that. Uh, just, uh, yeah, just uh, made a trip back from Midway, so, uh, you know, uh, Soldier Field was, was off to my right there, and... Um, <laughs> And I uh, ordered myself a Lou Malnati. So, you know, we got the Chicago flavor here. Uh, that's a deep dish. Uh, crumbled sausage. You, you don't want to get the whole sheet of sausage. I think that's always questionable. And, I agree um, with that. And, yeah. So, I'm uh, Dude, just we Chicago just lost, sports on the mind. We just lost all of our New York listeners with that crowd. <laughs> mm. I have this one guy from college who listens every seventh episode. <laughs> Joe? <laughs> yeah. Well, I wasn't uh, going to say his last name, but yeah, we should cut that out. Fuck it. Oh, if, I his, if I had his social security number, I'd say it. If if you want a meal, you get you get the deep dish. If you want, you know, uh, a grease puddle on top of uh, on top of some bread and tomato sauce, then yeah, you can go New York style. But uh, you know, I, I don't think there's much of a debate there if you really if you really get down to it. No, but you got to go to, lose. You got to. You're go absolutely lose. right. Me me and my wife's first restaurant was Uno's. It was the best time of our lives. <laughs> Right. No, I'm not even joking. I'm not even joking. We got we got sangria with our pizza. Best night ever. <laughs> I'm guessing that was not in Chicago. No, no, no. it was in uh, Alex. No, Arlington. It, it doesn't matter. It was right next right. to Dick's. The sangria. I don't. I don't know what I can. Dick's Sporting Goods. Are <laughs> yeah, they yeah, a sponsor yeah. or just? Uh, oh no, they're just it, next it was door. The, was that the Four Seasons between the <laughs> between the pawn shop and the porn the porn store? Yeah, wow, that's a that's a classy first date. You know, I I don't know Uno's. I, I don't know where I'm going to put that on the ranking. But we went, to, we went to Starbucks before. I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so that's cream of the We went crop. to get some cafe lattes. All right. Well, for for your next Chicago trip, you got to start at Lou's. Then you go Pequod's. Then you know you sort of got all the rest. You got Geno's East. I guess if you want to put Uno's in there, uh, that that's okay. No, no, obviously you can't. I am. I, I I need to actually come to Chicago and actually get the the true deep dish stuff that yes. uh, you can you can you can show me. So I'm at. I, you know what? I'm gonna ditch my. I was gonna say bitch, but witch, which is my wife, and uh, yeah, I'll come up. Wow, there. she's. She's been taking some shit on the podcast recently, which, uh, I mean, you know, dude, I have to, I take it to the face all the time. So it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you take it to the face. What's happening? In no facto. She's my boss. <laughs> well, that, that part, did you ever, uh, did you ever uh, shovel out that car or are you just leaving her car under the snow for, for weeks? No, no, no. It's been, it's going to be pretty warm. Actually. We're going to yeah. get like fifties uh, or something like that on Christmas day. I think so. Uh, there, there's basically no snow. So, I mean, actually she did have to drive with the snow on her car, but it, she made it safe and sound. So we're good. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're, you're not really in the snow city there. So, I mean, no. I, I figured it would melt, you know, up here, you gotta, you really gotta shovel it out. You Do you guys have snow a lot right now? And right now? Right. No, no, we okay. do not. So we're, so we're lucky, but we're, we, we are actually in the fifties. We're dipping down to, uh, to the teens tomorrow. So I think, I think winter starts tomorrow. It sounds like. 
So I'm just curious, and and, and then we'll get we'll get to reps thing. Real quick, real quick, we did no table setting for this. Uh, our boy Brian is calling in from Chicago. We, we we did advertise he'd be calling in directly from Soldier Field. I don't know if that's happening right now, uh, but he's calling in from Chicago. He's there currently. That's true. Not in Soldier Field. I'm I'm in Avondale, great neighborhood of Avondale, I'm just west of. Uh, I'm I'm just off of Addison, so uh, you know I am west of of, of Wrigley Field. But uh, yeah, I couldn't get into the I couldn't get into any of the stadiums today. I, I don't know why. You know, I was I was knocking at the door, but I wouldn't let me. <laughs> yeah, in. I never said you were going to be there legitimately. Uh, I just figured you'd break in, do a quick call. We get the GPS, <laughs> the Latin along, and then you get out. Right, right. No, they uh, they sniffed me out before I could get in. You know, I, I don't want to tell all my bad Soldier Field stories. You know, but I, I do not have a good reputation there. I have been I have been kicked out. I'm, I mean, I was already on my way out the door. Um, but it, it's what, tough. Did you steal liquor behind the bar one night? Uh... I believe it or not, I stole. I mean, I tried to steal. I did not make it make it out the door. But while exiting a terrible Bears loss, and and I can't even tell you the number of Bears losses I've witnessed in sub zero temperatures to um, a team north of us. Uh, I think they're in Appleton or something. I I, I can't even. Uh, sometimes I forget. I forget the exact city they're in. But they're they're pretty much garbage. But they have beaten us as of late. The Badgers, the Wisconsin Badgers. The Badgers, yeah, I think that's I think that's their um, their farm team. Um, <laughs> I don't know. They they have some affiliation with State Farm Insurance. I've I've started to gather lately. So um, <laughs> exactly, you you know what I'm you know who I'm talking about. Everybody everybody yeah. knows. Um, yeah, after, I, I, so many bad losses. Um, and you know what's sad? I, I realized this after living in Europe. In, in Europe, when you go to a football, that's that's soccer for you know. Rifa knows that, but I don't know yes, about sir. you. Uh, I don't know about you, Brian. Um, no. When you go to a football match in Europe, I went to Ajax. The opposing uh, fans they get their own section, and often they're caged in, and that's for good reason, right? You don't want opposing fans sitting next to you when you paid a, a damn good price for a seat. And, you know, in the U.S., you have to sit next to these these terrible fans. Um, so it, it really makes it miserable. They take all the seats and uh, and then you watch the Bears lose uh, over and over. So um, one time I was I waited 20 minutes for a hot dog at uh, Soldier Field and it was cold. Um, I lost I lost my shit on the vendors. Um, and then, uh, yeah, another time I watched Eddie Lacy run all over us, and uh, I went ahead and uh, tried to steal a, a, a framed photo off the uh, off the wall, and uh, I got escorted out. I mean, I was already on the on the way out, but but I got I got shoved along pretty quickly. So um, Eddie Lacy, great drop name right there. It's I also think, kind of a show for a service. They were probably doing you a service there. Uh, for sure, I need I needed to get out of there. It's um, I've seen many more losses than I've than I've seen wins there. So interesting but that's uh one of the reasons i couldn't get in to make the make the uh the call in from from on location today but no we need to make sure you get it next time though yeah yeah well no one's getting it that's uh that's a tough part in in, in chicago is you, you have no no fans but some of these other stadiums are letting the fans in it seems a little unfair if you ask me yeah it seems all over the place florida is a lawless hellscape where they jacksonville's letting in like seven thousand fans really well, yeah it makes money money somewhere though there's, I don't know how they let in 140% of their own fan base, but <laughs> that seems to be happening in Jacksonville. So I, I have a quick question to ask you that's Chicago-based. Um, yeah. 
I am in a fantasy championship, not the championship, not the league that we all play in, but in a different league. I picked up Chicago today today as my defense against the Jacksonville Jaguars because I figured that, A, the Jacksonville Jaguars, historically speaking, are basically a poor college team's NFL version. And also they have absolutely nothing to play for, being that if they win a game, they lose Trevor Lawrence and they don't have a solution at quarterback. So I chose your uh, bitch Trubisky's uh, Chicago just as the defense. Do you think that's a smart choice? I think it's a I think it's a must start. I mean, you're right. Jacksonville is not going to make the same mistake that the Jets made. I mean, their fan base is just just got to be crying for 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 the next 14 years. I think is is fair to say. Uh, Jacksonville is not going to make the same mistake. You got to start the Bears defense. They they they're in another miss must win game, as uh, as we all know. So they're going to come out strong, and they rely on their defense uh, despite a couple flashes of of brilliance, which from, from Mitch, which, which may lead, you know, the genius in our, uh, in our management team, Ted Phillips, uh, and, and that crew to, you know, maybe, maybe sign him, maybe sign him, give him a couple extra years, see what he can do just to drag us down and, and tease us. But, um, they're going to be fighting for it. So I think you got to start him. Are you happy with Mitch Trubisky, Mitch Trubisky, Nick Foles? Do you care? No, I think I think well, I think you got to start Mitch because he's he's mobile. Uh, Foles has shown that that he's got nothing left, and and it's no surprise, right? I mean, these teams, that's the problem with the Bears. They they don't draft. They think, oh, we'll let other people do the drafting, the development, and then we can trade them and and, and trade away top dollar like they did with Mac. He's he's a great great defender, but look what they gave up and the price that they paid him. And, and you don't win, you don't build championship teams that way. So Foles has got to go. I think Mitch has got to go. And, and I think we saw, we saw last night, you know, people are speculating that, you know, BYU quarterback Zach Wilson, you know, maybe, maybe he's the direction to go. Um, I don't know if he's going to stick around to when the Bears get the pick at this point because I think he could be going in, in the top ten. Uh, he's, he's probably going to be the number two quarterback drafted, and, and the Bears probably won't get a shot at him. But they're, they're going to have to go back to the drawing board, and Mitch, Mitch does not have it. But for this season, you got to have the mobility. you got to have a threat out there. Um, and, and he showed some flashes over the past couple weeks to, to put him back in. Would you take Carson Wentz if it was available? I don't. I don't think so. I, I. I don't think so. I mean, to me, I mean, are you just going to take all the Phillies leftover trash and and see? Uh, not <laughs> well, not the I Philadelphia mean, Phillies, but the the uh, the Eagles. I, I think it's. I think it's questionable strategy. It, he's had one bad season. I mean, before that, Philly, Philly's been. I mean, before before the season started, and granted, everyone's had injuries, and it's been a weird year. But Carson Wentz, I. I mean, don't get me wrong. I think Hertz is the future with Philly, but Wentz, Wentz had some strong seasons uh, with Philly with a mediocre, mediocre defense. Um, I'm kind of curious where he goes because my, he's obviously not going to be in Philly. My my problem, my only problem with Wentz that I've seen this year that I haven't seen in the years of the past is that he's had this weird reputation as being an in-pocket mobile quarterback. Somebody a little bit like Brady, people that will salsa dance in the pocket to be able to free up a little bit of time to be able to hit their wide receivers. I have not seen that at all this year. He's been sacked a billion times. I find it really hard to think that somebody thinks that that's all of a sudden going to come back. I, I think that something's going on there. I don't know if it's a mental thing with his injury. I don't know if it's whatever it is. Some element of his game that was there previously is not there now. 
I, and at that, at that dollar figure, he's 25 million plus. I, I don't know who's taking a chance on him personally. I know that you're sort of a Wentz believer. You, you think that there's going to be a, a number of suitors for him. I, I don't really see it that way personally. I, I think that's a weird element of your game to lose at this point in time in his career. The price is too big, but but you're right. And you know the Bears are an organization that could talk themselves into it. You have you have Bill Lazor calling the plays now for him. He was with Philly. You know he was with Foles though, and he was with Wentz, and and he hasn't been able to do much with Foles. But they'll probably talk themselves into it. You know you've seen it. They picked up Jimmy Graham, uh, and the guy catches a couple TDs, and and they think they're geniuses. But you know they paid him what six million dollars at the end of his career. Um, it's their strategy, so I could see it happening. They don't trust. They don't trust their ability to draft, uh, you know, top-notch players. They they just go to the go to the trades. Who, who's someone else going to release and and they'll pay them. So I, I wouldn't be surprised, but I, I I don't think you can go that direction at this point. What do you? Uh, what's the word on the street about Montgomery? Do you think he's a keeper? I think people are. I think people are seeing some. You know, obviously he's had he's had a couple good games. I think. Um, I think they got to stick with them for now. They don't have a ton of other good options, and and I don't know that there's going to be the right draft pick for him. So he's shown some flashes with the, with an O line. I mean, that's a you know you got to develop. You, you can't just go one, you know, one direction. It, it's a it's a multi phase game, and they need the O line. But if it performs, he he can show that he can he can run for sure. He can run downfield, and and he's uh he's part of the strategy. So I think they're 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 definitely going to keep him and and uh and keep him in the in the mix. Which they have to do. They got to establish a running game, like like any team. Um, which which sometimes they struggle to do, um, and they go away from it pretty quickly. But the the after last game, you know, people are people are talking about him. They like what they saw, and um, it's hard not to. I mean, he put up some nice numbers. Yeah, I know that last year the he came into the year with a lot of hype as as just kind of one of the higher end rookie quarterbacks, and I know that. <clears throat> He he underperformed a little bit. He had a couple flashes this year. He was I would say he was pretty low. I think he was trending towards being quasi irrelevant. Like he he was putting out production, but he wasn't anybody you were going to be building your franchise around. And then in three of the last four weeks, he's crossed 100 yards. And I think that that lines up with when Mitch start when Mitch took over for Foles. And like you said, last week, he he goes, what, 32 for 146. Um and a couple catches in there too. I I don't know. I I heard a lot of hype about him pre-draft. I I, I drafted him in a couple of leagues last year, thinking that he might turn into something. Uh, then I watched him throughout the year, and I saw a couple flashes, nothing really steady. And then I saw the beginning of this year, and I was like, you know what? Maybe he's just a missed prospect. Maybe he's just a guy that doesn't fit right with this team. Maybe he goes to a different team. But then since Mitch has taken over, he's gotten some new life. And I think, uh, you know the. the 380 yards or whatever he's put up in the last four weeks. Uh, actually, it's more than that. Three of the last four games. Um, I think it's shown a lot of light, and I think that's a bright future for them at running back. Yeah, I mean, with this O line, he, he's looking at a over a thousand yard uh, rushing season. So you, you can't you can't uh, knock a guy for that type of production. I mean, it, it, it hasn't been easy, and he's earned it. So I think yeah, you got to stick with him. All right, so a little off topic, but. I feel like you are the man to talk about this. So <laughs> I know where this pivot's wow. coming to. Wow, do you, yeah. Do you? No, I'm just curious. I do not. <laughs> I, yeah. A lot of a lot of Christmas movies are actually based in Chicago. And I'm gonna give you a couple. I wanna give you I, I want you to answer what do you think is the best? So I am looking at 
Home Alone, semi-based in Chicago. Semi-Christmas movie, but I, 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 I mean, no, it's a Christmas movie. I'll give it to you. Semi, oh, my God. Okay, whatever. Uh, <laughs> Christmas Vacation in Chicago. Uh, I'm looking at this other one. Uh, what was the other one I saw? Office Christmas Party. That's a newbie, so I don't know if anyone would actually understand that. It's a actually bat- very good. I, I real, real quick, I want to give a 20-second endorsement. As far as adult comedy holiday movies go. I'd never you know, seen it exactly, but it did look interesting. It's I I was I was shocked. I I I don't know. I like I really like the cast. I saw it just, you know, three weeks ago. Um <laughs> I I thought it was really good. If anybody hasn't seen it and you're into sort of adult kind of pr- pretty pretty witty writing uh flicks of comedy holiday flicks, I, I think that's the way to go. I think it's a good flick. Interesting. Uh, I will. Uh, you know what? Maybe that will be part of our bet. Anyways, Rapture or Brian, whatever your name is. What is your favorite Christmas movie? Well, there's there's no question that, you know, Christmas Vacation, Chevy Chase at his best. Um, he's wearing a bear's hat, a bear's sweatshirt, half the movie. E- easily the best, the funniest, uh, the most timeless. And, and it was when Chicago was a cultural center of, of the U.S. You had uh, you had Second City, you had Belushi, you had everybody in SNL. Um, and 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 yeah, I think yeah, I think it, it stands the test of time. Interesting. I, I will tell you that a lot of people are making a pilgrimage to see the Home Alone house. I, I don't quite get it, um, but I guess it's something to put on your uh, your social media feed. Uh, I've seen it all over the place. Uh, I'm happy. Do people actually line up line up to see that thing? I, I don't know if there's a line. I haven't I haven't gone out there myself, but I have a lot of family. I, I have people. I know people in the area making multiple trips to see it. Um, I don't I don't I don't know what the I don't know if it's the most. Um, yeah, no, I, I think it's an but... easy. It's an easy movie to watch, but yeah, you're right. I'm not going unless they're doing the uh, Christmas lights with the music and all that stuff, and and you listen to your radio. But we have one of those houses down the street. I'm going to egg the shit out of that place. <laughs> but dude, I, it's it's obnoxious. We have we have 20 cars lined up to see this light show. I'm like, guys, it's a bunch of lights. Uh, if you if you pay me twenty bucks, I'll light up and I'll throw eggs at people. But I mean, just like it's just, it doesn't matter. People will go if you build it. People they, will go. They people will go. go. Just some nuts. Elder. Yeah, yeah. You know, I was uh I was watching a great documentary about the Bee Gees, uh, <laughs> just a couple of days ago. Um, just you know, great turn. Uh, under undervalued uh, he'll turn he'll turn in the conversation here <laughs> i want to talk about the falsetto um <laughs> no no the uh <laughs> there was an interesting pivot in that documentary where they talk about um where they had uh the i hate disco night or whatever it was called at comiskey and it really turned the wave against against disco and against the bgs and it was at comiskey field comiskey park and, you know, they brought out, everyone brought their disco records and they blew them up and then everybody rushed the field. It was a, it was a double header. They had to cancel the game, but you know, it just brought me back to when Chicago sports and, uh, it, it was the center of, of culture in, in the U S and, and I'm a little bit, you know, frustrated that that's, that's fallen away. And I think that's why, you know, we got to get some superstars here on the bears, um, and, and with the sports teams, 
to bring back that focus to Chicago, which, which brings me to the Chicago White Sox. Um, I'm, I'm looking here at the future bets now. You all know I'm, I'm not a gambler, so I do have access, though, being in uh, the yeah. state of Illinois. Um, I have access, and, and I think the 21 World Series outright Chicago White Sox, it says plus 1,000, which when I type in my wager, 100 or 1,000 or 10,000, I see that that could you know, win me uh, working backwards. 100,000, 10,000. Yeah, it's 10 to 1. Yeah, yeah 10 to 1. <laughs> if I had a spreadsheet, it would help me. But hey, you know, I understand that. But. Well, that's why I type in the numbers. It tells me what I win, you know, uh, and I know what I'm wagering. So, you know, I think that's an interesting one. The, the White Sox, um, great, great players, great young players. They're talking about picking up one of the best international prospects, uh, Cespedes. And, uh, and you got Tony LaRusso. And, and if you want, if you want a manager at the helm of your, your team, you want someone approaching their 80s, right? I mean, I think that's really what you want. You want, you want someone that's going to need naps between between innings. You, you want if, someone... if they live through a world war, that's perfect. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So with all those things going for him, I, I think it's an interesting, uh, it's an interesting angle there. Um, I do have access to an account here. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to probably, you know, I'm d- deciding what I want to wager, but... I think it's a, a good one to look at. What about the Chicago Blackhawks with the NHL? I think that they actually might do some damage with the 49 to one uh, odds that they are being given on FanDuel right now. Well, I, I would like to think that And right now there's uh there's, <laughs> there's breaking news. One of our, uh, one of our prospects, Kirby doc playing an international scrimmage uh, up in Canada. The guy uh, apparently had to leave, leave the ice upper body or up, upper body injury. We don't want to say what part of the upper body, but likely a hand. And, and that's where you, you gotta, you gotta wonder why are these guys playing these types of, of games when they got a, when they got a multi-million but do, contract. But do you like how they're actually doing the NHL this year? I am actually intrigued by it. I I don't normally follow the NHL this year, but they're putting they're putting what three or four different no I don't know it's got to be four different divisions. But all the, the all the teams in Canada they're putting in one division, and then they're actually doing the play. I I will say with 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 COVID, I think the NHL actually has gotten it for the most part right. Um, it'll be interesting how they actually uh, move forward, but I like well, how. Yeah. They, they were sort of late to the game. Everyone was wondering, well, what, what are you guys going to play? What are you going to do? I mean, they, they sort of broke out of the out of their own uh, bubble, and, and we didn't hear any news. I guess they're going to a 56-game schedule. I, I yep. think you got to – I mean, you got to be they're, – they're risk-averse, so they're doing what they can. And, you know, the Blackhawks, when they're playing, they're one of the biggest the biggest draws here in Chicago. When you were in Am- or, uh, Amsterdam – and Ajax went to Ajax, Ajax, please. I, I said Ajax, Ajax. When they went to the semifinals of Champions League, how was that? In that look, well, it, it was. I mean, I'm like, that's got to be ultimate. It was amazing. The year before, even uh, the year before was even better. Uh, being out at uh, Museum Pline watching the game. Uh, now they didn't score a goal, so that was disappointing. Uh, that was that was just UEFA, I believe, in the year the EPL expert, even though you can't pronounce half the teams. Um, <laughs> the uh, that, that was, I, the Ajax, uh, the Ajax loss was 
honestly the most devastating sports it had I've ever experienced. And I can only claim, obviously, to be a you know peripheral, you know, bandwagon fan being there for three years. When no, I understand that I'm a uh, Tots hand ham fan. You know, I saw the Bears play at uh, at the new Hotspur Stadium against the Raiders. Uh, they they lost. Uh, Bears lost, of course. Um, but the same legit though. The stadium's amazing. It, it's like an American football stadium. It it was it was pretty incredible. Um, no, that was the worst sports loss I I ever witnessed. It was uh, it was devastating. You know, the crowd they uh, don't they're singing the Bob Marley songs. They think they got the thing in the bag, and then they give up. I think it was what three goals in the second half. It was including yeah, one in like the last five minutes. Left. It, it was, and if they, if they if they didn't do that, they they go to the champion, like the crown jewel of uh, well, football. Exactly. And, to, and for a team like Ajax, small market, small country, barely any resources to be able to pull that off in the way that they stack this competition, which is yeah. completely ridiculous uh, what these small market teams have to jump through to try and even get into the Champions League, much, much less get to the to the semifinals. I mean, that would have been one of the greatest you know sports championships. And to lose in that fashion was it was devastating. Because um, you guys beat. I think you beat Barcelona the the round before, but yeah, it, yeah. I mean, I, it's one of those things. I'm a Tottenham fan. I, I understand what you're saying as far as the fact that the small markets, it, it's a it's an absolute travesty. And but at the same time, it's just like this is your world. Like this is the World Cup for these nations the smaller nations in Europe that you have the, the, the typical six or typical four going to from England, Italy, you have the two or three uh, Spain, you have the two or three, but like when you get to the Netherlands and you have, or yeah, Amsterdam, whatever. Netherlands. That's right. That's right. Yeah. It's not in Belgium. <laughs> it's not in Germany. Like, why, why, why? <laughs> What country I'm in? Yeah, soccer <laughs> cross geography right? for a second. No, it was but a bad it's twist. one of those things that I, I, I get it. Like as a soccer fan, especially in in the states, we'll never have that. I, I do think that the the states have something to learn from how Europe does the soccer. I think NBA. You want to you want to prove a way to not have teams, uh, basically, uh botch the rest of their season if they get if they get relegated to a team that in the g league don't do it i that's mean that's what you that's what you're proposing that we do relegation i mean it, it, it would be interesting that in that's nba where, I, yeah. I i've told i've told us i've told us i don't think i don't think you can do this with the nba it, in the g league i think you can't where are the g league I, location I, I don't think i don't think you can do this with the nba I, there, there's too few players playing uh, almost at this point in time in the NBA. Almost every team has some type of a superstar. If you relegate somebody to like Ja Morant to the G League, he's going to average 50 points a game. But they're going to, but that's they're, the they're going to destroy everybody. But that's come right. Well, no, no. You, you'll have you'll have you'll have teams that are dominant. You'll have the no, LA. but I'm saying it, it will be like it will be. People always bring up the arguments about like. You know, uh, if an Alabama team played like an NFL team, those type of things, there's going to be a physical difference between an NBA team like Memphis or, or even Cleveland or somebody like that 
going down to like a G League team, it would be a massacre. They they would win. They would go undefeated and win by margins of twenty five to forty points every night. It, it's what, not what well, kind of team is my question. The, the whole uh, the whole American system is not set up that way because in in Europe you literally have you know we could form a team we could enter the bottom league we could enter the you know the pickup league and we could we could work our way up and that's so you have so many levels and so many levels of competition that yeah if a team gets relegated they're they're still facing you know pretty stiff competition and the teams that get promoted are are you know promoted with with cause but here you really have i mean yeah maybe you have some in baseball you have minor league teams but it's completely designed to stack you know stack the professionals to say the least and then there's really nothing left below that i, I don't think you could have a relegation i mean the in the in the way that the players want to be traded around now i mean i I think the NBA has the biggest problem with with players. Just you really have maybe every season four relevant teams, and we we already know you you could put big money on who's going to make it to the semifinals next year. I mean, there's no question in the NBA who's going to be there. I mean, and I don't think any other sport has that problem. Baseball doesn't. Uh, I don't think football does. I mean, and one game any team can get upset. Um, and hockey doesn't have it. Uh, I think it's a ba- I think it's a basketball problem where there's the super teams and then there's a small market um, that maybe they get a draft pick and then they ask to be traded in a couple of years and and they're they're never going to get out of that position. I, I would argue that college football has the exact same issue. Oh absolutely. no, no. I, I I would argue that the the same argument is what I was just talking about is that uh, basketball has the least amount of players on the on the uh, court at one time field court whatever you want to say. Um, and because of that, if they have one wildly impactful player, it has a bigger impact on the team. So that's why I, I, I believe that one player, the, like when you're talking about relegation, one player, LeBron going to the worst team in the league can raise them up 30 games. Uh, well, you can't do that with any other team. You could send Mahomes yeah, but, 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 to, but, to Jacksonville, and he'll he'll improve them certainly. You're, he, you're, he's not going. He's not going to improve them fifty percent. You're looking at it. You're looking at it that the teams in lower divisions can afford players like a LeBron. They can't. So, like, what what oh, happened? There's a there's but, a but, in, in the NBA there there's a there's a bottom to the cap that you have to spend every single year. That is like somewhere in the seventy percent ballpark of the cap of that given year. So right now the cap is something like one hundred and fifteen thousand dollars. So every team has to spend something like in the ballpark of ninety thousand, or I'm sorry, million dollars. So everybody has to spend somewhere in the ballpark of ninety million dollars. Le- LeBron doesn't make more than like forty two million dollars. So yeah, everybody can afford a LeBron. It's about building a team around him and having pieces that are undervalued. People like assholes like Kuzma that signed three year forty million dollar deals when he's worth more than that. Uh, I, I, I just think the NBA is always going to have that problem just because of the number of the people on the, on the teams It's the way the sport is constructed. It's nothing, nothing outside of that. It, but, it's nothing about the administration or, or, or whether or not they have, you know, uh, uh, like minor league quote unquote teams, they have a G league, but that's, that's I, I, I really silly in terms of the only thing is I don't feel like that was a problem in really b- before the current generation of players where it's this, that's, I don't want to try and win a championship on my own. I want to try and build the super team because that's going to be easier. Um, you know, you had much more distribution in, in really any previous decade. I, I don't know if it is that. I think it's just that the top-notch players are all going to 
orchestrate. I mean, we're seeing the same thing with Harden right now, where he's refusing to play for the Rockets. And and we saw we saw that happen with the Spurs. We've seen that happen with so many players. They're like, no, I don't want to play. Uh, trade me somewhere else. That that is a and, and I'm all for player like player empowerment and all of that. So I don't know what the answer is, but I, I think it's really created a problem for for the NBA. I, I agree with that wholeheartedly. And I think that the only solution to that is that you you have to you have to add some kicker about if you sign with the team that drafted you and then you get traded, whether it be the choice of you forcing a trade or otherwise, you lose X percent of your contract. It maybe it counts against the cap of the team that acquires you, but you lose 15% of your pay. And right now they have guaranteed salaries. So that's not the case. So there's really no there, there, there's no contrarian uh, gravitational force about them just signing the highest dollar amount they can possibly get and then forcing their way out some somewhere down the line. Yeah. So I, I, I agree with that wholeheartedly. I, I do. I, I push back a little bit about the super team. I, I think a lot of people got hung up when LeBron went to Miami in 2010 to 2014. After that, there really haven't been any super teams in the NBA. Uh, there, there are teams that have two superstars, but there are a lot of teams that have Don't two say superstars. Warriors two years ago. No, but that's all they drafted all those guys. So, so they, they picked, no, 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 Kevin no, no, no. They picked up Kevin Durant. They won a championship without Kevin Durant. So, so if you're talking about the upper echelon, they achieved the highest we thing. Got another one with Kevin Durant didn't go down though. Yeah, they got two. They got two championships when Kevin Durant came over. That's very true. But to be fair, everybody warned against this. Anybody that knows how the cap works argued against. Hey, in 2016, there's going to be a bump, and there's going to be a giant bump in the cap. And when that happens, all of a sudden, these teams that are already maxed out can all all of a sudden afford basically a max player. They could they get rid of some lower level money, and they can afford somebody new. Should we do this step up process over three or four years, where where you don't all of a sudden can afford a thirty million dollar superstar? You can afford a guy that's ten million, and the next year it could be another ten million. The next year it could be another ten million. The players voted against it, and when they voted against it, then they're like, okay. In 2016, this is going to happen. All of a sudden, everybody's going to get a 30% jump in cap and some crazy shit's going to happen. And what happened was a team that already had a championship the year before was like, you know what? We're going to just drop Harrison Barnes to to Dallas and we're going to go pick up Kevin Durant because we can fucking do it. And that's exactly what happened. But But beyond that, I, there haven't really been super teams like like right now. If you look at the player distribution, no team has th- has really three stars. No team. You have you have LeBron and 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 Davis in L.A. You have Kawhi and PG in in the other L.A. team in the Clippers. You have in Brooklyn. You have Durant and you have Irving. You have two stars max everywhere. You, well, I, I, I see. This is where I argue with you. You have you have two stars in max markets. You don't have you don't have two stars in every market. You have two stars in five to ten markets. So, yeah, I kind of understand your superstar syndrome. You have two, you have two stars in in Washington D.C. that hasn't done anything since 1978. You have two. DC, you have. DC, I, I would argue. I would DC, argue there are two different ones, but what I'm saying is, I I, I think that you'll have LeBron and AD uh, lifting the titles the next year. Oh no, I agree because I I think the thing is that people don't realize 
but uh, maybe maybe, do, maybe they do. Great. But when the, when you put it in the same sentence, look. Le- in my personal opinion, I know that Raptors can disagree. I think LeBron is the greatest player of all time, personally. Oh my goodness! I, I, no, 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 hear me. But I'm not going to make a LeBron versus versus Jordan argument. There's no AD. AD. <laughs> AD is the AD is the best download player in the league, and there in the history of the NBA, never have the best guard and the best download player been on the same team. Even even when Magic Johnson was was in his prime, and even when Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was in his prime, when you look at the efficiency numbers, no one has accounted for more PER than those two players on the same team. So you're right that a lot of teams have two stars or close to two stars. But, but na- the name the why- name the teams that are 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 the favorites to win the championship. Well, it's clearly the, the Lakers for the reason I just said. Yeah, I mean, the, you know, all, name all of them. Hey, name all of them. You can you can name them within probably your fingers. That that's not parody. You need two superstars and then an all right cast. But how is that? How is that any different than the NFL? Are there more than five teams that can win the Super Bowl? <laughs> Are you kidding Bowl? me? Absolutely. No, this, this year, no, no, you think there's more than five teams team. that can win the Super not Bowl? Not players, but teams. Teams. No, no. Yeah. I'm, I'm, t- I'm asking you. Do, you, do names name the sixth best name, team in the NFL players? that you think? Right, let's let's go through the top five. You, you got the Chiefs. Yeah. Okay. Who you have got, a, who have a very good defense? I'm not. I'm I not going to put these in order, but I'm going to say the Chiefs. Yeah. Green Bay. Yeah. Yep. New Orleans. Yep. Sure. Bills. Bills. <sighs> I who. Steelers have lost three said that and, lost in, and lost in Cincinnati last week. But the, in the NBA, you could name the Lakers, Clippers. You could also Milwaukee. name Brooklyn, Milwaukee. I, I'll give Milwaukee even. So that, that's already that's already four teams in a league that has two less teams than the league we just compared it to. Yeah, but that's my point, though. You're you're saying there's parity in the NBA, and there's not. Well, I never said that. You said that. You put that in my mouth. But I'm saying that I I'm not. You said, you I said all, this, you, all you need is two t- uh, two players, and that's it. No, I, I never said that either. I said that there's a number of teams that have two superstars. Do you I never think said the they're Tennessee all Titans can win the Super Bowl? Yeah, I do, I do not think they can win the Super Bowl with Tannehill. Absolutely. I don't with, think so. With your boy Brown, absolutely. The, <laughs> Are you sure my boy Brown isn't on Tampa Bay? AJ Brown, absolutely. Uh, the AFC is so wide open. I I wouldn't put a, I wouldn't put a final. I would not put a final uh, bet on this year. Absolutely See, I think that's not. so crazy. I think the NFC is wide open. Uh, the AFC, I think, is comes down to two teams. It's, it's I would say the NFC take, comes up with two teams. You have Green Bay and New Orleans. That's it. I well, I agree that those are the two best teams, but I, but I think that I just don't think that either one of those teams are nearly as complete as Buffalo or Kansas. I think City. I think, and this is why I would choose New Orleans. New Orleans learned from the mistake last year. New Orleans had the issue of uh, letting Brees terrible sit referees. Too. Yeah, true. But New Orleans, New Orleans was stupid for letting Brees sit till I think week seventeen, and he let them play, and then they had a buy, and then they got blown out by uh, Minnesota this year. What they did was, okay, we're, we're going to have them go against Casey. who is a semi good defense, but not a blitz happy defense. 
and then we're going to allow them to uh, play against. Uh, uh, they play Minnesota this week, and then they play. They play against uh, No Nos, uh, maybe Carolina. I think it's Carolina. And then at that point, head, at that point, yeah, I'm sorry. Bro, then you get Thomas back, full healthy, because they put him IR. Yep. I'm sorry. New Orleans is easily the team that you don't want to play because their defense is nuts. Their defense is nuts. And the way they played against KC, I'm telling you right now, if if I had a pick, I'd pick New Orleans just because of the fact that they don't have to go through New Orleans, or they don't have to go to the AFC, where uh, KC has has a much hard. Casey's uh, Casey had to play Tennessee, who was not nearly the team they are this year, as far as last year in the AFC Championship. the The team you don't want to play is. I agree. BJ said Buffalo. You don't want to play Buffalo. You're, and then you have you have if you have Baltimore could be Casey's first team out. That's how that's how low uh, Baltimore's team is. They'd have to be who though? Cleveland? Who who would they play in the first round? That that's my point. Casey, Casey whoa, 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 uh, who who Baltimore would have to play? Yeah. Maybe I mean it's between Miami. Are they, are they third? I, I don't. I haven't looked at. I think Cleveland's so, second in that division. So you have yeah. So you have Casey's number one easily. I think they're going to be the number one seed. Two, I think is I could be wrong. I'm pretty sure it's Buffalo. Third is still up in the air. Could be can or uh, could be Pittsburgh or Cincinnati or I'm sorry Cleveland. Um, and then fourth is. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's not Miami. Who's the other fourth one? Uh, Indianapolis you have in there too. So that I, I guess Casey doesn't have an easy out in the first round. Name uh, that that's the hardest part. Name the first team that's hard for them out. You have maybe Indianapolis. You maybe have Cleveland, or you maybe have. Possibly Miami. Yeah. You think Pittsburgh has a chance this year? Do you? No, 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 no. I don't. I, no, no. I'm just, I'm just wondering. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm looking at the odds over here. That you know, most favorable would be, or not most favorable. I don't know what the word is, but the, Pittsburgh has completely fallen off o- over the past three weeks, and. You know, I wonder if they pull some some playoff magic. If you want to go for some long shots, any Bulls productions? Because uh, I had them on the bottom of just about all my all my projections. You, you don't project Billy Donovan to uh, just work a miracle. No, I, they're going to be they're going to be terrible. No, Refo though is that Chicago's we, before coach? We, yeah, Donovan Billy Don. Wow, Jesus Christ! No, you really That's are it. focused on that EPL. Um, <laughs> Refo asked the question earlier, Chicago sports, you know, it, I, I think the most energy, at least as of late until the Blackhawks sort of fell off was the Blackhawks. I mean, they were surging, but the bears and the Cubs are probably neck and neck. Still got um, Cubs in my opinion. I mean, that's the Cubs, I, that, that's yeah. what I think too. The, Cubs, the Cubs was so much fun. We went to, there for, um, Pat's, 
Pat's bachelor party. Yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, I, I that was my biggest fear. It was just like, we're in the outfield. We're in the, yeah, what, what do you guys call it? I thought that was the Bleachers. coolest. Was, was it? Bleachers. Is it really that easy? The, the coolest thing about that whole aspect was the fact uh, Wrigleyville or whatever it's called. But the fact that the <laughs> the infield is completely uh, offset from the outfield. That my understanding is that if we're in the outfield, we couldn't we couldn't walk around to the infield. It's that's a whole true. different pass. And I, I was just like, that's fucking cool. Like, I mean, it, it's just little things like that where it's just like the Nats stadium is stupid. It's a it's a it's a walk around. It, it has no charm. It doesn't have anything like that. Wrigley Field is fucking cool. It, it's hard um, to compete with Wrigley Field. It's got the history. It's got you know. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I don't know. I, I'd like to see like uh, Dodgers. I think what a Giants would be pretty cool. Um, but again, you don't I'm like not, you don't like Nats baseball, Stadium though. I'll, I'll be honest. Yeah, I'm I'm a stickler Nat, for efficiency. I feel like Nats Stadium is pretty damn efficient. I, but I but I think that that's what makes Wrigley feel so cool is that yeah you can you can watch it in so many. If you could be so lucky to be on the. Uh, the higher ups, not not necessarily in the stadium, but the buildings above uh, the rooftops. Rooftops. Thank you. Yeah. yeah, thank you. Um, you can be in the infield, and then you can be in the outfield. It, I, I, and 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 that was another thing. Uh, Bryce Harper hits a home run. No, no one else is cheering, but all all nine of us, however many of us, no one was a dick. I thought that was the coolest fucking thing. No one was just like throwing shit at us. Everyone was just like, okay, <laughs> these guys. Maybe they're like a true WVU student. But I'm just saying, but I'm, yeah, no, we're, no one's throwing batteries at anyone. But yeah, I was going to say, nobody got was pretty, by a nine That was pretty cool. Like, everyone's like, and then afterwards, they're like, okay, well, where are you from? You're from DC. And they're like, yeah, it's this bachelor party. And everyone's like, all right. And then, and of course, the Cubs destroy us like nine to two. And, but I mean, the I don't know. And, I, I would hope. I mean, it's probably not the exact same way the uh, every other game, but I thought that that was a really cool thing. I love Chicago. I, I I told Seth I was just like, if there was another big city, I would actually want to live in. The fact that it is, uh, it's fucking freezing cold. Um, Chicago is probably top top three, top five locations I would actually want to live. It's great for big cities and it's a sports city. And that's where that's the reason that the team, a team like the bears and a team like the Cubs for a hundred years could get away without really caring about winning because it's, it's a sports city. Fans are going to go no matter what. And the Cubs finally with Ricketts management, I mean, they've, they have turned it into Disney world over there. It's absolute. I mean, it's a carnival, um, but it's a fun one and, and they keep it, you know, they keep it relatively well organized. Um, but that's the problem with the bears is they know they can make money. Um, and it doesn't matter if they're winning, winning or losing that. And the fact that your owner is 98, uh, probably not on the cutting edge of, uh, of, you know, is it really 98 Virginia McCaskey is the oldest owner. She is 98 years old. Um, her son is, is, you know, I think he's gotta be, he's gotta be in his seventies. Um, and and yeah, they run. They they know how to run the business, and it's it's without winning. But the Ricketts have turned around the Cubs, and that's why the Cubs and the Bears and and the Sox have energy now. And and the Bull, and that's where I was going. I mean, I think the Bulls are are really 
I mean, yeah, it doesn't help when your team hasn't been good. And when you've had stars like Rose, I mean, he's been, what, he tore like five ACLs. Well, um, I mean, what was the what was the feeling that Butler left? I mean, personally, I, yeah, no, I think everybody was devastated because he had a great, I mean, he, he had the superstar qualities. Um, I, I love the guy, and I think most people did. Um, so he, he was a huge loss. He, he was a huge loss. Um mm-hmm. And, and he, you know, him and Rose were, you know, the two players that brought, brought some energy back to the Bulls. Um, but, but, you know, it's also, you know, you're no matter what for, for a while, I mean, even compared to, they're going to be compared to, yeah, the Jordan and in the nineties. And that's, that's obviously hard to live up to. Um, so, and, and then after, after the Bulls, I guess you got the, the Chicago fire. <laughs> that's a, quite a drop off but, but see but see i would argue with bj i don't know when it turned but i would argue with the fact that i agree with bj that uh lebron was the was the best uh champion of the nba that said champion what does that mean well, I, I, I'll, then, I'll, I'll do my then, 45 second rant real quick on, on how I think they measure up. I, I think, I think Jordan is the best positional player that the history's ever seen. I, I don't think there will ever be a better shooting guard. Hey, he was physically dominant and he was defensively dominant and he was offensively dominant. His mind was dominant. Uh, I, I think his competitive fire and his will to win was dominant. I, I love all that. I think the gravitational pull of LeBron is in excess of any player I've ever seen. I, I think that I think that it, the, if you look at the 2016, 2017, 2018 uh, LeBron seasons when he's in the finals and and a guy that's averaging close to 40 points per game and 13 rebounds, he's also the best defensive player in the game. And every player on, that on on Golden State is playing in fear of him, despite some of them being Hall of Fame players. I I, I think he's he's a physically imposing guy, but he doesn't have. He doesn't have the offensive punctuation that Jordan had. He wasn't, he's not a wildly offensively skilled guy. I think his vision is a joke. I, I think it, it des- destroys Jordan in ways that, that you can't even quantify. But, it, but I think Jordan was a skilled, punctuated scorer in a way that LeBron never will be uh, and, and never has been. He's just been a physically dominant player. Um, but, it, but I think the gra- if you talk about the gravitational pull offensively and defensively, I think he's the best player I've ever seen. I, I think. You know, I, I and, and you're you're more up to date on on the current NBA. I, I just think the competition Jordan was playing against as well. Um, again, I think there was it was there was much more parity. But you know, I, I also think it, it's a bit. I mean, it's a it's a fun debate to have. I'm not completely prepared for it. Um, but but I do think there's also um, there's something unfair about comparing players across across generations. I mean, you can't yeah, deny 100%. that the NBA is is a different type of game uh, for so many for so many reasons now. Um, that yeah, in the early in real quick in the early two thousands, the NBA shifted to allowing zone defenses, which is something that Jordan never had to deal with, which was something mm-hmm. that he benefited from because he was an individual talent. And I think that it's something that he never really had to account for. He never had to account for traditional double teams and triple teams. He had to worry about killing the guy that's right across from him. And he did that better than any player ever will, will do. But, but, but LeBron faced different challenges. LeBron could take a pivot off the, off the elbow and, and have three guys in his face, not have illegal defense called. And I think that that there's a fundamental difference in the way that they played the games, but, but that's not a, that's not a fault to Jordan. Jordan played the rules that were there applicable to him in his, in his, 
error in generation in the NBA. And I think he did it better than any player ever probably will. But, it, but if you're talking about just gravitational pull offensively and defensively and across all the skills and versati- versatility defensively, I, I, if you measure it all up quantitatively, but mentally though, would you say, no, get- no, 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 I don't it, like, I don't, I think yeah, it took, I, I think I took LeBron. It's I think it, for LeBron, it took an incredibly long time for him to get to like a killer mentality. I don't think he got to a killer mentality until after he won the championship in Cleveland. Uh, that that first ring in that ring in Cleveland. Do you really still think he has a killer mentality? I, I, I now I do. I, I do think like the the run he went on the next two years was was unprecedented. He was hitting game runner uh, game winners in the playoffs on uh, every four nights in the NBA, and he was beating teams that were that you looked at the rosters and they were significantly better than him, like the like the Raptors teams that they swept, and it's just LeBron. Uh, Kyrie's out Kyrie's you know what hurt whatever gone traded Boston uh, and he was he was a dominant force in a way that I've never really seen any player in my life be and but I I Jordan Jordan is to me like I don't well, know it, well, it, it's Jordan, a hard thing he always had something to prove I think you know and some of it becomes you know part of mythology and lore you know oh he got cut from the high school team but he was never yeah. ordained as the I mean he wasn't and he wasn't drafted number one Sam Bowie and uh Elijah one were drafted uh, above him so he always had something to prove where LeBron was you know anointed from day one and that was a blessing and a curse um and, and I do think I do think now he he's a you know got that killer instinct because he is fighting for even even the numbers um, you know at least you know a lot of people just want to say all right who won more championships um, and and he's uh, for a while or no not for a while but for past couple of years it looked like all right was well, it even going to happen for him and and now it's back on the table where you know he he can get six um, so I, he he's got something to fight for I I'm an outlier in that conversation I I, I think. I, I think when you win championships, a lot of that has to do organizationally. Obviously, it has to do with the most spectacular talent on your team. But I think there's so much about luck. There's so much about organizational fortitude, about having the right GM in place, the right coach in place, whatever you say. I I, I think that there's a combination of all those things that have to line up in, in the right way for you to win championships. And, and oh. I don't necessarily correlate like Carl Malone. Carl Malone was a standalone talent. I'm not, I'm not the hugest fan of Carl Malone, but for the time period he played in, he, he, at times he was dominant defensively. He was dominant offensively. He was a transcendent player for that generation. I, I, I think he, him, Charles Barkley, there's a lot of people on this list that are worthy. Yeah. They're, that are, (laughs) that are worthy of the worthy of championship. John Starks, Patrick, you Steve Nash. Yeah. I I think Steve Nash is the morning. Oh, he got one. I think Steve Nash is one of the best three point guards to ever play the game. He has he has back to back MVPs. Very the Magic Johnson, I think, is the only other point guard to get back to back MVPs. I you could talk all day long about a lot of this stuff, but I I, I really think, in my personal opinion, I think it's LeBron is a gravitational talent who a lot he physically was given more gifts than Jordan was because of his mass. I, I mean, like his apex, he was one, he was two seventy, one is still one of the fastest players in the league. He was six, eight, six, nine with a long reach, crazy hops. They, they, a lot of these things Jordan was in the stratosphere of, but he wasn't the same thing. 
LeBron could guard one through five for a long stretch of his prime. And I, and at no point would I say that Jordan could do that. Oh, for sure. And I mean, like when you talk about mass, I mean, it's, it's interesting to see, I mean, in a lot of these videos, despite the promotion around the, the whole documentary, um, a lot of those videos were around beforehand and, you know, for Jordan to be weightlifting, that was controversial. Should, should an NBA player be weightlifting before the game? Uh, and, and now it's like, of course they're hitting the weight room. I mean, what are we talking about? Uh, yeah. So it, it, it's completely different, but you brought up Steve Nash. I mean, do you think he deserves a head coaching job? I mean, yes, he's an amazing oh. player. Just handed oh, I, the keys to head coaching with zero coaching experience. I Perfect. love this argument. I'm so prepared for this argument. <laughs> I, yeah. I I don't think there's ever been a more overqualified first time coach in the history of the NBA. Ooh. And he he he's a back to back MVP. I, I not only that, but it like you look at efficiency numbers. You look at how he looks at the X's and O's. I when when he ran uh, Western Conference Finals teams three times in six years in Phoenix. He was the head coach of that team. It was not Mike D'Antoni. It wasn't Alvin Gentry. It was Steve Nash. Steve Nash was out there consulting with both of those guys, but he knew more than both of them. I think that he's, he's a rare, rare, rare scenario of somebody who uh, intellectually and, and physically is prepared for that role. He also is, if you look at the you know, personal relationships, he has a personal relationship with Kevin Durant. He was an assistant coach when he was in, in Golden State when Kevin Durant was there at the same time. They had a good connection on top of that. I I think he's the most overqualified first year head coach I've ever seen. And How I far is that, he gonna take it? How what what do you think the success factor? I've already I, I've already said that on well, I started recording this earlier. I don't know if any of it's gonna be retained based on <laughs> what we were talking about. I I he's my nine to one coach of the year. I think uh, the the only other person in the stratosphere is going to be Monty Williams. I think it's a long shot. I think Nash is the coach of the year. I think Brooklyn's going to be the one or two seed in the East. I think Durant has has like a forty five percent chance of being the MVP. He's ten to one odds. I I think it's a runaway. I think I I bet everything Brooklyn. I'd bet they're over. I'd bet Durant for MVP. I'd bet Nash for coach of the year. I think it's the perfect combination. So speaking of uh, of crazy bets, what's the deal with the Jeopardy bets? Because uh, now they're going to have some sort of circular Jeopardy host. I, now, how is that going to play out? I mean, if they, <laughs> what are they going to announce, and how much did you wager on uh, Ken Jennings? <laughs> Uh, I, I mean, it's who we led with. We talked about Ken Jennings. We talked about that. Everything logically points towards him. He was the first person I led with. Uh, I don't know who they've said since I, I, I saw that they announced, uh, I forgot who there, there was a woman that was going to take it over. Yeah. It's, I mean, uh, I, we watched Jeopardy today. It was from 1998. Yeah. It's not going to happen anytime soon. Well, that's not the new hosts. What? They're, they're, you're they're you're watching. You're watching Throwback Jeopardy. You got way too much time. <laughs> it was here. at yeah. seven thirty tonight, my friend. Yeah, they announced. They announced uh, that the next person in the carousel was going to be a woman, um, but I forgot who it was going to be. So how does, this, had... how does this wager close out? I mean, it, it could go on for for a year until they actually not announced. I mean, the wager was the permanent host, right? So how yeah, how is this going to play out? When, it could be a year when they announce who's going to actually host it. I'd be shocked if it was that long. I, I don't. I I honestly think that they have an audience, a particular audience they're trying to retain, and I I really think that they're going to stick with Ken Jennings if it's going to be the case. I I joked about. Uh, Neil Patrick Harris, because I thought of all the choices. I mean, first of all, all those choices were just to collect money. They they threw money. They threw big names. Trump was on that list. Like, give me a break. There, there's not even a one one billionth of a chance he's going to host it. it. It was just simply mm-hmm. 
they were trying to collect money on the odds. I I think Ken Jennings is really the only person that has any sort of staying power. Uh, I'm trying to figure out who. That I, is. I think that's true. I, I like MPH for a lot of different things. Uh, I, I don't think he's going to be hosting Jeopardy for for a long term career choice. He, he's no, I don't either. Options. And that's the thing that that's the thing with, the, with all the a lot of the wagers outside. I mean, Ken Jennings. What's net? What's his next option? Uh, professor at um, <laughs> at uh, making uh, five Tidewater Community <laughs> College. I well, that was my I think argument. It's TCC. He's- he he's a he's an author in Washington State, and I was like, so you're telling me he lives basically the most boring life in North America? <laughs> so I was like, yeah, he he's gonna do it if he's good enough. So I actually heard he had some stumbles the first week because this is what I do is I I, I read random Such articles. On... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Regardless, this this podcast this, that, Irregardless. <laughs> Oh, this it, podcast is approaching like three hours at this point. You, uh, you do know irregardless is a word in Webster, so we have to accept it despite <laughs> its complete nonsensical nature. If you use a word enough, Dude. they will they will accept it. And that's PJ is one of his watch, main goals. You need to watch It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. If you do you realize it was added in 2020? He's been saying it since like 2009. <laughs> exactly. If you what? go long enough, they will add it. I, I'm just saying. So, what do you what do you account for the last 11 years of him using it incorrectly? I'm impressed that he was using it at all. <laughs> do you, do you, about do you, me? He has some idea on the future state of Webster's dictionary. <laughs> he has. Uh, he has. A he's connection. a visionary. He's a. Yeah. He's a I feel like you guys visionary. have been drinking at all this last 30. Minutes. Are you fucking kidding me? I'm a high functioning alcoholic. I speak better when I drink.